All right, turn with me, church, to John chapter 11. John 11. This is right before Jesus raised Lazarus from the dead. And it was not a fairy tale. This really happened. A man named Lazarus died of a sickness. He was dead for four days. Jesus came and raised him from the dead. It's a historical, biblical fact, and it happened. It's nice to know that we serve a God who can raise the dead. Because if he can raise the dead, he can do anything. Right? He can get you out of depression. I mean, if he can raise Lazarus from the dead, he can raise you out of chronic depression that's run in your family. If he can raise the dead, he can fix anything. And he loves you and he wants to, and I believe he's going to be able to. So look in John chapter 11. So he's talking to the sisters of this man that had died, Mary and Martha. And he said to her in verse 40, John eleven forty, Jesus said unto her, Martha, said I not unto you that if you would believe, you should see the glory of God. Now, when we hear the word the glory of God, that, that takes many forms in the earth. Um, one of the things that the glory of God is, is resurrection power and healing somebody who was dead of whatever killed him. That's called the glory of God. So healing is called the glory of God. A miracle is called the glory of God. Rising from the dead is called the glory of God according to Jesus. So don't just put this in some spiritual category. Well, that was for Bible people. This is for people today. Healing, miracles, deliverance, and resurrection power is for people today. And Jesus said, if you want to see it, you've got to believe something. Not just know something, not just need something, not just want something, not just hope to get something, not just desire something. If you want to see the glory of God in your life, you're going to have to believe something. That makes knowing what faith is very, very important. Because a lot of people think mental assent is faith. And then when mental assent doesn't work for them, they think faith doesn't work, not realizing they were never in faith in the first place. They were just mentally ascending to a scripture. They weren't believing it. If you think hope is faith, well, hope's not going to get the results of faith because faith is faith and hope is hope. And if you think you're in faith, but you're only in hope, it's not going to work. And you're going to think faith doesn't work. But friend, faith does work. You need to realize you may not be in what the Bible calls faith. As a matter of fact, the book of Corinthians, Paul said, Church, examine yourselves, whether ye be in the faith or not. We're so used to examining other people. Oh, they need to get their act together. Oh, that person, oh, I can't believe they're flaking out and doing that. Oh, no, that's, that's a, examine yourself. That's a full-time job. <laughs> and if you have time to examine other people, you are not taking heed to yourself. It's easy to take heed to other people and their mistakes. But the Bible says in the book of Haggai that things were going haywire. Things were not going well. They were problem after problem. And the prophet said, you know you, what you need to do, guys? You need to consider your ways. It doesn't matter what other people do. It doesn't matter what the economy's like. It doesn't matter what's going on. It doesn't matter who's in office. What matters is what are you going to do? Because God will take care of you in this messed up world if you stay hooked with Him. No matter what anybody does around you. 
It's easy to blame other people for our problems, but really a sign of maturity is taking responsibility. Maybe we got to grow up a little bit. You got to watch out about this no-fault Christianity. Nothing's ever my fault. If I didn't get blessed, it's because God didn't want it. If I didn't get blessed, it's because the devil's too big. If I didn't get this, it's because somebody else traded me wrong. No, that's, that's immaturity. Come on, man. If you've got God on your side of God before you, who cares who's against you? You can get out of anything if you quit, if you get on the right road and stay on the right road. All right, so John eleven forty says that we're going to see in our lives what we're believing for. What we're believing to see. Not, not just what we're wanting to see, not just what we're hoping to see. Jesus said, if you believe, you're going to see a miracle. Some people say, well, if I see a miracle, I'll believe. That's called doubting Thomas. And the Lord was not impressed with Thomas who said, unless I see the print of nails in his hands and the, and the hole in his side, I will not believe. And Jesus did not praise him for that. Actually, he upbraided him for that and said, he said, Thomas, come here. If you got to see, you got to feel, blessed are those that have not seen or felt. See, the greater blessing is on those who don't need to see or feel. And so I want to talk to you about something today that I think will revolutionize your life. Now, if you have no room for change in your life, then maybe you could just make a little more. Because I'm telling you, this will really help you. This will help you when things get dark. This will help you when you get a bad doctor's report. If you do, this will help you when your kids freak out. This will help you when your marriage is not doing well. This will help you when finances are not doing well. This will help you in every area of your life. If you listen today, you're going to get some help. I mean, believe that prayer we just prayed. It's happening. So turn with me to 1 John 4. And I want to talk to you. I'm going to tell you the title of this today. And then you, you can have that on your mind as we're studying the scriptures. I want to talk to you about faith in love. And this will make a lot more sense to you as we go on. I want to talk to you about faith in love. Now another way to say that is faith in God. Because 1 John 4, 8 says, God is love. Aren't you glad God is love? (laughs) I'm so glad it didn't say, God is power. God is judgment. God, I'm glad God is love. He has a lot of things, but he is love. And God is nothing so much as he is love. You need to remember this next time you need a healing and you don't feel like you're worthy enough to receive it. Your father's love is greater than your mistakes. The only reason people don't receive from the Lord is because they're believing lies. They don't even know their lies. They don't even recognize the warfare. God is good. And did you know the reason Adam, when, when Adam got into sin, He got afraid. He said, Lord, I was afraid and I hid myself. Do you understand that worry and fear is a road? And if you're on that road, you're going away from the help you need. It's not God saying no to helping you. It's you being on the wrong road. 
Do you understand God's not your problem? And if your prayers aren't working and you're praying according to scriptures and you need help as his child, if you're not receiving, that's not God saying no. Us not receiving answers to our prayer is not the Lord saying no to answering those prayers. No wonder the apostles came down from Jerusalem, you know, to those Samaritans who just got saved. Philip had amazing revival. There was great joy in the city. All these people getting saved and delivered. Even sorcerers getting saved. And the apostles came down from Jerusalem and prayed for these believers. Listen, this is what they prayed. They said, Lord, we pray that they would receive the Holy Ghost. They didn't have to pray God would give. He'd already given in Acts chapter 2. Given the Holy Ghost. He, they prayed that they might receive. What did blind Bartimaeus pray when he needed healing from eyesight, uh, blindness? What did he pray? He, Jesus said, what do you want me to do for you, Bart? And Bart said, Lord, this is what I want. I pray that I. You don't have to get God to do anything. He's good. He's great. He's an amazing giver. You've got to work on you. He said, Lord, I ask that I might receive great prayer God that I might receive help me to get in tune help me to get in tune I pray that I might receive my sight and the Lord ministered healing to him he was open he received it and he was no longer blind but think about how he prayed most people are praying God give God give me God do this God do that and God's saying I already did that why aren't you believing it two prayers God can't answer number one Asking him for something he already said belongs to you. And number two, asking him to do something he told you to do. Now, I don't want to go there right now, but in Mark eleven twenty three, Jesus says many results in our life are going to be because we said something. And Mark eleven twenty four says many results will good results will be in our life because we prayed something. Jesus said, if a mountain or a problem is in your way, speak to it and believe that what you say shall come to pass. And he said, you'll have whatever you say. And a, big, now a problem in the church says a lot of believers haven't discerned between the two. A lot of believers are praying when they should be saying and I guess it's the other way around. Some are saying when they should be praying. Well, how do I know which one to do? Hang out with God until you know what to do. <laughs> Spend time with Him. Get to know His voice. Know the Scriptures. I hope and I pray this is not all your spiritual feeding this week. As good and as powerful it is, I hope and pray you go back and talk to the Lord about what He said to you today. Because that's when you start really seeing deliverance and power and blessing. So in 1 John chapter 4, here's what we need to believe in. Jesus said, if you believe, you're going to see the glory of God. One of the greatest things you can believe in is God's love for you. 1 John chapter 4, look at verse 16. I already read verse 8 to you. I quote it to you. God is love. Now look at this here. Look at this word here. John, by the Holy Spirit, said, We have known and. So important. So, so, so important. Because a lot of people know, but they have not taken the next step. And that's one of the reasons they haven't 
seen the glory of God in their life in this area. Jesus said what? If you believe, you will see the glory of God. Healing, miracles, deliverance. Well, a lot of people know, but you know what? They don't know it like they ought to know it. They, you have to watch out about your brain telling you, you know, um, what you don't need to learn or what you do need to learn more. Your brain is not your heart. Just because you can quote something doesn't mean it's in your heart and doesn't mean you're believing it from your heart. This scripture says you need to know and believe what? The love that God has to us. And it says it again. God is love. And he that lives in love, not just, just visit, you know, when they're in trouble. <laughs> you can say amen in this church. Maybe we should pass out the amen flags. <laughs> Come on, church. God is love, and they that live in love live in God, and God lives in him. But the part I want you to focus on is this. How many of you know, have heard and know, that Jesus loves you? Mm-hmm. Now the next question, you don't really have to raise your hand because we won't know what you believe until a crisis comes. How many of you believe in the love of God towards you? Go. It's okay to raise your hand, but we'll really find out next time pressure comes. How can you tell if you believe the Lord loves you when a crisis comes? A, you don't worry. B, you talk like God didn't lie. Right? I'm sure there's a C, D, E, and F as well. How do you know you believe in the love of God? Well, saying you believe does not really mean you believe. It's deeper than that. With the heart, man believes. That's deep. It's a persuasion on the inside of you. It's not just mental assent. That's why you have to watch out. You know, I mean, mental assent that Jesus is Lord does not get you to heaven. Come on, church, it's okay. It's all right. God loves us. Listen. A lot of people substitute mental assent for faith in God. I don't know if you realize this or not, but just knowing about God and about Jesus does not save you. Eternal life is not about knowing historical facts. Eternal life is about knowing Him personally, through faith in Jesus. Isn't that what Jesus said? This is eternal life, that they might know you, Father, and Jesus Christ, whom you have sent. See, there's a big difference between knowing historically about these things and knowing the person of God, the person of Jesus. Huge difference. Heaven and hell difference. Light and dark difference. But I want to... For the remaining time, we have got to look at this believing in the love of God. What does that mean? Well, we know it's not knowing. Knowing isn't believing. Right. You're going to locate some parts of your being today maybe you weren't aware of. Or as, you need to locate that there's a part that you believe from and there's a part that you know from. You can know very little and still believe God for a miracle because you believe in the right thing. 
The Bible says knowledge puffs up. Love builds up. Now, look in verse 18 and 19 of the same chapter. There is no fear in love. You like that? No fear in love. But perfect love or complete love casts out fear. Don't you like that? Fear, uh, excuse me, love does not put up with fear. And it doesn't just say, would you please move? It casts it away. It's like the Lord. It's like our master. He didn't put up with disease. He didn't put up with fear. He didn't put up with demons. He rebuked those things. He took authority over those things. And the more you realize how much God loves you, the more you'll act like that when disease comes against you. Friend, you got to listen to this. you got to take my word for this right now, but the Lord's going to reveal this to you. The more you know how much God loves you and the more you believe in His love for you, the more angry you get at the things the Lord was angry at. Disease that was hurting people. Demons. Oppression. He rebuked a fever. And the fever left Peter's mother-in-law. See, there's a perfect example. He didn't pray. He spoke. And sometimes we need to speak. Come on, church. Come on. Come on. If our Father spoke and the universe was created, maybe there's some of that in us. Well, there is. The Lord told us there was. He was constantly challenging His disciples to do some of the things He was doing. And they were thinking, that was just for you. That's just for the... He said, you, where's your faith to calm the storm? Where's your faith to heal this boy that had epileptic fist? Where's your faith? Matter of fact, one time he said, concerning that boy that had these fits, he said, oh, faithless and perverse generation, how long am I going to be with you? Oh, faithless, bring him to me. But he had already delegated power to his disciples. And they weren't using it. How many disciples of the Lord are here today? you got more power than you feel like. So look here in verse 18 and 19 again. There's no fear in love, but perfect love casts out fear because fear has torment. He that fears is not made perfect in love. Next verse. We love him because he first loved us. So let me, let me say, we're coming upon our I Love God More rally next weekend. And that's, this is one of the scriptures the whole rally is based on. We love him because he first loved us. There's two things going on here. His love to us and our love to him. And they're both very important. It all starts with his love for us. But then there comes a time we know and believe that love. And we act like it's true. And we start loving him back. We start loving his people. Right? We walk in love. We grow in love. This is important. And so I thought today would be really good to talk about for a little while how much the Lord loves us and it will launch us into next week where we can talk about our love for Him. They're both very important. So this whole thing about fear, let me read this to you. Um, well, Actually, let me, let me tell you this first. John the Apostle who wrote this, one of the twelve apostles... He was a very interesting guy. Actually, he, his confession was, I'm the disciple who the Lord loves. Now, how many know if that's your confession, that could do for you what it did for him? 
How many know it's important what you say about yourself and your relationship with the Lord? John said this. I probably said it all the time. He says, I'm the disciple whom Jesus loves. And it just so happens, it just so happens that this disciple outlived all the other apostles. And he died of natural causes. And, listen to this. According to Tertullian, in the prescription of heretics, John was banished, presumably, to Patmos, the Isle of Patmos. After he was, this was after being plunged, John was plunged into boiling oil in Rome and suffering nothing from it. It is said, and it said that all in the audience of the Colosseum were converted to Christianity upon witnessing this miracle. I wonder if his confession, I'm the disciple whom Jesus loves, had anything to do with this longevity and this divine protection. You know it did. He had a, such a revelation of the love of God for him that he couldn't die until he was done. And then nothing evicted him. He left. You know what Paul prayed in the book of Ephesians? He prayed that we would know the love of Christ which passes knowledge that we might be filled with all the fullness of God. Now, if it happened automatically because you were a nice person, why did he pray it without ceasing? These are things you have to contend for. You got to cut through the doubt and unbelief in this world. You got to resist demon forces that are lying to you, saying you're not worthy and your mistakes are, are, are keeping God's love for you. You got to resist all this junk on a daily basis if you want to live with all the fullness of God in your life. Now, Friday night, we're talking about being filled with the Spirit because a lot of people have problems in their life because they have room for them. They're not taking be filled with the Spirit seriously. And when disease or depression or fear comes along, they go, oh, an opening. It says vacancies. But what if you have a no vacancy sign around your neck? What if you're filled with all the fullness of God? What if you're filled with the Holy Spirit? What if you learn to maintain a Spirit-filled life? Well, the glass can't be full of milk and full of water at the same time. It's called the law of displacement. Did you ever think about getting so full of God, there's no more room for depression that's running your family for 29,000 years? Do you ever think about getting so filled with God, there's no more room for cancer? Do you ever think about that? It's possible, church. No wonder the Lord admonishes us over and over and over again, be filled with the Spirit. Well, pastor, I'm born again. Right. You're born of the Spirit. Praise God. You're going to heaven. But that's different than being filled with the Spirit. There's two experiences. Well, we can be filled with all the fullness of God through knowing the love of Christ. I just fixed everybody's problem right there. I mean, if you're filled with God, what happened to your problems? Moving right along. So isn't that interesting? He's like boiled in oil in this Colosseum, and he's not dying. Everybody's freaking out, and everybody gets converted to Christianity. Because this man who went around saying, I'm the disciple whom Jesus loved, couldn't die in boiling oil. They didn't know what to do with him, so they banned him to an island. And on the island, he gets a revelation. 22 chapters of a revelation. And gives it to the church. They didn't know what to do. They'd ban him. I don't know what to do with this guy. How powerful is it 
to know the love of Christ. And if you read John and 1st, 2nd, 3rd John, you will see this guy, John, had a revelation of the love of God for him. Amen. He had a revelation. We can have, all have the same revelation. Amen. Just how serious and hungry are you for it? Okay, look at another scripture. You guys okay? Because I could talk about the Antichrist or something today. Now let's keep talking about this. John 17. Turn to John 17. I really believe the issue is not trying to get God to heal you if you're sick. The issue is resisting the lies of the devil that says God has some purpose in you being sick. All right, I didn't get enough amens out of that one. I think I need to come down on the lower level here. Come on, the issue when it comes to needing healing or receiving healing from the Lord, the issue is not trying to get God to heal you. By His stripes ye were healed. Listen, church, the issue is not trying to get God to heal you. The issue is resisting the lies of the devil that says God has some purpose in you being sick. That's the issue. You get rid of that, healing flows. And the more you know how much the Lord loves you, the more angry you get at things that try to tell you God's got you sick for some reason. Church, you need to understand this. You need to get this clear in your mind. Sickness has never been and is not God's way of teaching. It may be man's way of learning. Man may choose to not learn until they're sick, but that's not God's method. He loves you. He said, I give you the Holy Spirit to teach you all things. What is, how much does that leave for sickness to teach you? If people learn when they're sick, that's their choice, not God's method. Sickness is not God's way of teaching. He's not a child abuser. Sickness is not God's way of teaching. It's man's way of learning. And man don't have to learn that way. You can be like the wise men from the East, come to the Lord when all is well, and worship the Lord, because you're wise. You don't have to, it didn't say half dead men from the East on their last string of hope came to find Jesus. They were wise. You can serve the Lord because you're smart. You don't have to wait till you're half dead. Say this, I believe God loves me. So where did I say turn to? John 17? Okay, you might want to hold on to the person next to you because you might fall over when you read this. John 17. Jesus is praying. He's actually praying here. Powerful prayer. Verse 23. He's praying for us and all of his disciples and followers. He said, Father, I pray that I'm in them, you're in me, that they may be made perfect in one. And that the world may know, Jesus is praying that the world may know that you have sent me and has loved them. That's talking about his followers. I'm praying that they would see that you have sent me and that you have loved them as you have loved me. You want to make another confession with me? You, you, you may not feel like it's true. Your mind may rebel against it. Say this. God the Father, God the Father loves, me loves me as much as He loves, as as he loves Jesus. Jesus. Oh, that needs to sink down in your ears right there. God loves you as much as He loves Jesus. You know what that means? He'll protect you just like He protected Jesus. He'll anoint you. He'll help you just like He helped Jesus. Because all that came through His love. 
Jesus learned to live above the lies and accusations of the devil. He learned to live above doubt and fear. He learned to live in the realm of God loves me no matter what I feel, no matter what it seems like, no matter what it looks like, no matter what it feels like, God loves me. And that faith and that love got him through everything and helped him to help other people get through stuff no other way they could have got through. This is so important. You may not, it's a subtle warfare. There's constant currents of unbelief coming against us that if you're not in the word and you're not going to church, you will unconsciously yield to that warfare and not even know you're losing. Go to, I'm going to go to Psalm 91. And actually, we'll, we'll go here. We'll do this kind of quickly because we're going to take communion here in just a minute. How do I know I'm going to make it through the storm? How do I know I'm going to get through this problem? How do I know I'm going to overcome this habit? How do I know I'm going to get the victory I need? How do I know? How do we know we're going to make it through, church? Because he loves us just like he loves his son, Jesus. And Jesus got through it and we're getting through it. Now, when he went to the cross, that was a whole different thing. He had to do that. That was the plan of God for his life so we could live free and victorious forever. We're getting through everything because he loves us as much as he loves Jesus. Just smacked out in the face with that. I'm making it because God loves me as much as he loves Jesus. He's not, he's not going to let me down any more than he's let Jesus down. You have to have these things in you. They have to be circulating in your system. Because when the crisis of life comes, it's not the time to try to remember these things. It needs to be a part of you. God loves me. Whether I feel like he does or not. He's not mad at me. He's my biggest encourager. He's the daddy on the sidelines. Go, go, go. Amen. So, Psalm 91, look at verse 14 through 16. Psalm 91. God's actually speaking here. He's saying, because he has set his love upon me, therefore will I deliver him. I will set him on high because he has known my name. He shall call upon me and I will answer him. I'll be with him in trouble. I will deliver him. I will honor him. And I will satisfy him with long life and show him my salvation. Go to verse 15 again. Notice here. God says, they're going to call on me and I'm going to answer them. Let me ask you a question. Go back to the first scripture. If you believe, you're going to see something. If you believe, you're going to see something really good. Not just if you want, need, or cry. If you believe, you're going to see something. All right, now listen. How many of you believe God loves you enough to be with you in trouble? That's what you're going to see. You're going to sense his presence while you're going down. You're going to sense his presence while you're in trouble. You're going to sense his presence while you're being destroyed. And that's awesome. How many believe God loves you enough to be with you in trouble? All right. Why do you believe that? Because it's scripture. Okay. I will be with him in trouble. I will deliver him. Question number two. How many of you believe, fully persuaded, against anything that says otherwise, 100% convinced, he's going to deliver you from that trouble? And let me say it this way. How many of you believe God loves you enough to be with you in trouble and to get you out? 
right here, right now. If you believe that, you're going to see that. Not if you need it, not if you want it, not if you just cry. If you believe that, you're going to see that, saith the Lord. He wants to help everybody, but he can't. The Bible says in Psalm 78, they limited the Holy One of Israel. Jesus' hometown, he could there do no mighty work because of their unbelief. He wanted to, but it said he couldn't. Interesting. Well, if the Lord can do anything, why stand at the door and knock? Why not just walk on in? No, he needs man's cooperation. And he was speaking to believers in that verse. I stand at the door and knock. If any man will open, I will come in. Jesus is not a thief. He's not like the devil trying to break through your windows. You got to, and how do, how do we do it? God, church, listen. Jesus said over and over again, if you believe, you're going to see. According to your faith, be it unto you. As thou hast believed, so be it unto you. Say this, I'm a believer. I'm, a believer. I'm done doubting. I'm, done. I'm a believer. I believe the word. I believe God loves me enough to deliver me from the trouble. You've got to have an attitude about it. I believe God loves me enough to deliver me from this trouble. Right in the midst of all these people and reports saying this is not going to happen. It's hopeless. It's incurable. You've got to rise up in your heart and say, I believe God loves me more than this. He's getting me out of this. I'm coming out. I'm coming out. Gives you an attitude. I'm telling you, the more you know and believe God loves you, the more ridiculous it is to think he wants you sick. The more you believe and know that God loves you, the more ridiculous it is to think he wants you broke. Hmm? And the devil will be right there with all your past sins and mistakes. He'll be right there with all the times you failed to do the good things you were supposed to do. He'll be right there to try to keep you from believing God's love is right there to fix everything. He'll try to do it. He'll try to keep you from believing. Do you remember what we said during the, the, the praise and worship service? We'll go to that scripture here in just a second. But we're more than conquerors through him, not period. God wanted us to know something else. He said we're more than conquerors through him that loved us. He wants us to know and think about the loved us part. Right. Right. Did you ever notice that scripture in Romans 13 where it says, Love works no ill to his neighbor. Neighbor means nearby, people around you. God is love. Right? Okay, what are we doing today? We're, we're blasting some sacred cows and we're getting rid of some things that we thought were holy. How I many know just because you learn something in church doesn't mean you learn the right thing? You've got to go to the Bible for yourself. That's why we encourage everybody in this church to read their Bible every day. But the Bible says love works no ill to its neighbor. So I was thinking about this one day and I thought, wait a minute, God is love. Love works no ill. God is love. Love works no ill. You know what the Lord shared with me? He said, did you notice I am love and that love works no ill? So I came to the conclusion, all the illness in this world is not the work of God or the will of God. If it is, then he ain't love. Sorry, he is not love. Come on, church. This is a revelation people have to get. 
Did, did God not answer people's prayers? Or did they stop believing in his love to answer that prayer? Good question. Good question. Did God not come through for somebody? Or did somebody take the worry route instead of the faith route? I don't know if you realized it, but don't worry is a life-saving phrase. Because if you're worrying, you're not in faith. I'm not talking about feeling junk. Everybody feels stuff. But how you talk and how you act better not be in line with worry if you're needing a miracle. It better be in line with what God said. I like what Dominic said last week. He said, faith is not the absence of doubt. It's ignoring doubt and going with what God said in the midst of all that doubt. Just like courage is not, not the absence of fear. Courage is feeling scared to death, but saddling up anyway. What you feel is very insignificant compared to what you do and how you talk. Are you listening, church? So, go to Psalm 103. I'm almost done. Give me a few more hours. (laughs) Psalm 103, verses 1 through 3. Bless the Lord, O my soul. Sometimes you got to talk to yourself. Your brain, your mind, your will, your emotions. Because a lot of times you're going to feel like not blessing the Lord. You're going to feel like doing something else. Tell yourself, bless the Lord, O my soul. All that is within me, bless his holy name. Bless the Lord. See, if Jesus is your Lord, you've got a ton of benefits. Bless the Lord. If he's just, you know, just somebody you were introduced to, it might be different. But if he's your Lord, bless the Lord, O my soul, and forget not all his. Plural. Everybody say benefits. Benefits. Say benefits. Here's a couple of them. You ready? Next verse. Who forgives all my iniquities? Iniquity means perversions, sins. How many of you believe the Lord loves you enough to forgive all your iniquities? Do you believe that? That's what you're going to see. That's what you're going to experience. You don't experience these things because they're available. You experience them because you believe in them. This is why our our church is called Faith Heights Church. Faith is a huge deal. Faith is something we got to learn about in this unbelieving world. It's different than mental ascent. It's of the heart. The Bible talks and tells us what faith is. Whole chapters dedicated to it in Hebrews chapter 11. Jesus talked a lot about it. Faith is vital. No wonder there's an attack on faith in the last days. In the last days, some shall depart from the faith, giving heed to seducing spirits and doctrines of demons. There's an attack on faith. There's an attack on repentance. There's teachings out there right now saying they're not important. The most important thing is this or this. Faith is vital. You can't even get to heaven without it. Oh, pastor, it was a wave that came in. Now there's another wave. There's nowhere in the scriptures that says faith is a wave. It says you're supposed to live by it every single day of your life. And you're supposed to walk by faith. You're supposed to live by faith. Without faith, it's impossible to please God. All things are possible to him that believes. Of course there's going to be an attack on faith. The devil doesn't want you victorious and going to heaven and bringing others with you. Some subtle warfare going out there in the world today and creeping into some churches. So how many of you believe God loves you enough to forgive all your iniquities? 
That's what you're going to see. You're going to receive peace when you repent. You're going to receive calmness when you ask God to forgive you. You're going to know you're forgiven. You're going to experience the wonderful forgiveness of God. But there's another part of the verse. How many of you believe God loves you enough mm, to heal you of all your diseases? I get excited about these things because I've been broke, I've been sick, I've been depressed, I've been bound by demon powers, and I got free what I'm teach- by teaching what I'm teaching you today. I know what it's like. <laughs> I do. I know what it's like to be on the bottom and the barrel on top of you. <laughs> you know that scripture, it says, he lifts the poor out of the dust, and he lifts the needy out of the dung hill. That was me. Some people got delivered from the dust. I got delivered from the dung hill. And when you get delivered from the dung hill, and he sets you with princes, even the princes of his people, you'll be wild like me. I don't care if you're phlegmatic or caloric, you won't be wild like me. This overrides phlegmatic and caloric. You get delivered like I got delivered, you don't care what your personality is. You're going to be happy, and you're going to share it with others. What am I, Carla? Melancholy, sanguine? I'm like Jesus. Whatever Jesus is, I am. <laughs> ah, let me say something to you. If you're going to see results in your faith walk and in your prayer life, you're going to have to, at some time or another, act on the Scriptures. And the number one reason people don't act on the Scriptures is because they're not 100% sure God will come through for them when they step out on the aching void with nothing under them but the Word of God. But knowing how much God loves you takes the fear out of marching around the walls of Jericho. It takes the fear out of go show yourselves to the priest, you know, because you do that and you're not healed. You're in big trouble for being in public. Sometimes the Lord will quicken you to do things that healed people can do, but your body says you can't do. And the only way you'll take that step of faith is if you really believe his love won't let you down. The devil's constantly trying to keep us from acting on the love of God because that's faith in the love of God. And there are times acting on the love of God might look crazy, but you have a total peace about it because you know love will not let me down. All right? You see this? Huh? We believe he loves us enough to forgive us of all our iniquities, and we believe he loves us enough to heal, heal us of all of our diseases. All right. One more scripture, please. Two more. Quickly. John 16 and then Romans 8. This has got to be quick. John 16. Actually, we ought to just go to a second part, maybe after I Love God More Rally, because this is good stuff. We're going to talk about faith in love. Faith in love. Having faith in love at that dark time of your life. It brings a sigh of relief. It kicks worry out of your life. And anything that kicks worry and fear out of your life is life-saving. Did you know, did you guys know that effective prayer starts with don't worry about anything? Did you ever read Philippians 4, 6? Effective prayer does not start with help me, Lord. Effective prayer starts with be careful for nothing. But in everything, by prayer and supplication, with thanksgiving, let your request be made known unto God. 
Effective prayer starts with obeying the words, don't worry. Why? Because worry isn't faith. It didn't say the prayer of worry will save the sick. It said the prayer of faith will save the sick and the Lord will raise him up. Just mouthing words is not effective prayer. The prayer of faith will save the sick, which means heal. The healing is in salvation. So John 16, look at verse 23. 16, 23. Jesus is teaching all of us. In that day, he said, when I'm gone, when I'm out of the earth realm, in that day... Guys, listen, Jesus said, you shall ask me nothing. Truly, truly, I say unto you, whatever you ask the Father in my name, he'll personally give it to you. Isn't that awesome? Next verse. Up till now, you've asked nothing in my name. Ask and you shall receive. Ask and you shall receive. Ask and you shall receive from the Father directly. Ask and you shall receive from the Father directly and your joy is going to be full. These things I've spoken unto you in Proverbs, but the time's coming when I'll no more speak to you in Proverbs, but I'll show you plainly of the Father. At that day you shall ask in my name. I do not say unto you that I will pray. I don't have to ask the Father for you. Notice, next verse. For the Father himself loves you. Wait, wait, what's he saying here? He's saying, the reason you should never doubt that your prayer was heard and answered is because the Father loves you. Connect. This is all talking about prayer here. We don't have to go through Jesus. He said, you can talk to Jesus. You can worship Jesus. But when you pray, you pray to the Father. And Jesus said, you don't have to go through me on this thing because the Father himself loves you. And you believe that I came out from God. Oh, church, did you catch that? Because of the Father's love for us, we can expect every prayer answered. Now, Many people, here, let me read this to you. Many have not seen their prayers answered after they prayed a good prayer because they slipped from believing God was going to answer that prayer. They slipped from believing that his love was so great that things are going to be taken care of, even though nothing changed immediately. Last scripture, go to Romans 8. Go back to these scriptures later. Look at them at home. Choosing to stay in worry is man turning away from God's help, not God saying no to their prayer. Do you mind if I read a couple of these things to you? The reason many people's prayers are not effective is because they have not believed in his love like they should. They choose to worry. They choose the worry route instead. So, in Romans 8, verse 32, and then we'll read verse 37, and then we'll receive communion. Mm -mm -mm -mm. I'm going to go back and listen to this teaching. He that spared not his own son, God the Father, but delivered Jesus up for us all, how shall he not with him also freely give us all things? If God didn't withhold Jesus while we were sinners, why would he withhold anything now that we're his dear children? What am I saying? I'm speaking words to you that are pulling down strongholds. 
And you need to maintain this, this attitude when church is over because I can't be with you 24-7. Remind yourself throughout the day, if God didn't withhold Jesus from me when I was a mess, why would he withhold healing from me now that I'm his child? And if you stay in that atmosphere and that attitude, you'll see a manifest miracle in your life. So, verse, 20, verse 37, here it is, guys. No. And he's talking about all this slaughter and all this destruction and all this distress and all these tribulations. He said, no, 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 no. Sometimes you just got to say no to what's challenging your faith in the love of God. Well, you're not going to get healed this time because you've sinned and you're not strong enough in faith and you didn't go to church like the Lord told you to. No! In all these things, we are more than conquerors through him that loved us. So I'll say it again. To doubt or to think you might not make it through whatever you're going through, to think you might not make it through, is to doubt his love for you. So get your thinking in line. Keep your thinking in line. Go over these. There are so many scriptures in the Bible that talk about God's love for you. I encourage you, get them into you so strong that before you even realize it, you're mad at disease if it comes against you. You just you don't even have to try. You resist. You pray properly. You don't get in doubt. You believe it's working, even though nothing's changed in a whole week. There's, a, there's pressures there trying to get you. Say, see, God doesn't love you this time. See, your sins are too bad. See, see you've messed up. No, 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 no. No, God loves me. Everything going to be all right. Everything going to be all right. Can I get a witness?